Lagos, I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. Let me now take you to Abuja, where our National Assembly have been in the news quite a bit. This is Eyes and Nays. Welcome. On Eyes and Nays, we focus on the legislative arm of government. We take a look at how the state and national assemblies are performing their oversight duties. We also take a look at um, um, what laws are being debated at these different levels. Did the Senate did the Senate do its job of ministerial screening properly? Did the Senate do its job of ministerial screening properly? You know by now that the Senate has concluded um, the ministerial screening process and um, the President has sworn in his starting 11, or maybe I should say his starting 45. <laughs> because here's today's legislative hard fact. The Senate confirmed 45 of Bola Tinubu's 48 ministerial nominees. The remaining three have a security clearance hurdle. We're going to talk about that during the show uh, because for the rest of the hour we're going to look back on the confirmation process that was. Joining me to talk about this is the Senior Program Executive at Order Pay Welcome to Eyes and Nays on Hard Facts. Thank you, Sandra. Good evening, Lagos. Mm, Lagos, want to hear your questions and your thoughts on the conversation as well, so feel free to join us. Now, Tamitaya, before we get into the screenings, let's talk about something else that happened in the Red uh, Chamber um, this week. Happened yesterday, actually. I'm sure you've seen that video of Senator uh, of Senate President Kotsulak Babio talking about... Um, uh, tokens and prayers, you know. But uh, for those who haven't seen the video yet, I don't know. You know, maybe you're living on a rock, or you've not listening to you listen to Nigeria Info. You haven't listened to Hard Facts. If you haven't, well, here you go. In order to enable all of us to enjoy our holidays, a token has been sent to our various accounts by the by the clerk of the National Assembly. I will not, uh, I withdraw that statement. In order, to, uh, huh? In order to allow you to enjoy your holiday, the Senate President has sent prayers to your mailboxes, uh, has sent prayers to your mailboxes to assist, assist you to go on a safe journey and return. This Senate... Temidayo, this exchange, <laughs> I'm not sure you could hear, but I'm sure you've seen the video. This exchange has caused a serious uproar. We've heard Senator Iriti Kingigbe insist that this money is not new money. It's money that they are entitled to. But at the same time, Babio obviously didn't want the public to be aware that they were sharing this money. So what do you make of that situation? All right, Sandra, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, so um, for me, uh, I have three thoughts to share about it. One is that um, when the opera started, first of all, when I saw the video, mm -hmm. I think that I was taken aback um, at the um, attempt to make it look like that didn't happen. When um, Senator Pavio said... Um, when he said that um, it takes that it takes that back, you know, he actually said that it takes that back. And so, 
for me, I think that that was, um, you may say, disingenuous. Um, it was not something nice to see, especially where issues of open parliament is um, is still on the front burner. There are issues that will continue to clamor for, um, especially at other paper, uh, open parliament index. Um, the second thought I have to express mm -hmm. about that is that it's a bit difficult to say, I don't have all of the facts, but it's a bit difficult to say if um, the money that has been shared is some extra budgetary um, allowance or is something that they're entitled to. But two things that I I have seen, first of all, in reaction to the video, I know that a former um, aide to the president did share some um, documents on, on, is it Twitter now on X? I'm not sure which one to call it, mm. but it did share some documents from the Revenue uh, Mobilization Allocation and Fiscal Commission, which is uh, one of the uh, constitutional bodies that is um, set up in the uh, by the constitution. It's not it's not just an MDA. It's a special body um, to look into the issues of um, salaries, remuneration, um, and allowances for certain political, public, and judicial office holders. Mm. So um, that body has been in existence, and from the document that is shared. Um, you would see that allowances is something that is um, that public officials are entitled to in that document, and um, this notion just it doesn't just include the national assembly, the judicial officers, and other um, cadre of officers in that place. So I think it's also in that line that Senator Ereti said that yesterday on Channels TV that um, she's not seen anything that is um, beyond the ordinary, but. The third issue that I want to raise, which is my third thought on the fact, is the making reference to the first point about it being somewhat disingenuous, which is that I think that if these monies are legal, which I can't say totally, but it's looking like it is, Apabio would have reacted in that light because he forgot that it's on live TV. And so um what is wrong with announcing the money therefore it i think it speaks to the fact that they are probably insensitive to uh, what's going on at this time so we are left with two things one if you the allowances you are entitled to why don't you be open about it and and don't try to make a fool of of people by saying oh i take that back be open about it um, in your defense, explain, even point us to the constitution so that it shows that it's legal. Then let the conversation now shift to the second thing, um, which I want to say, which is that as much as it's legal to have such allowances, given the state of things at this time, we're even talking about the fact that um, Nigeria Republic, Nigeria should not be heavily involved and all of that, all of it boils down to finance. Nigeria cannot be financing a sub-regional body at this time. So, as much as the allowances are legal, assuming they were, should senators be collecting allowances at this time when the same Senate is also reaching out to the Nigerian Association resident doctor not to go on strike because of something similar, which is the allowances and salary. So for me, Sandra, uh, these are my thoughts. I think that we need parliament to be more open about stuff. Mm. It's, it's, mm. it's that's what I, that's the angle I want to see it from. Regardless of everything that has been said, whether it's legal, whether it's illegal, we need openness. Parliament should be open about it and 
don't try to make the people uh, look like you there are kids that don't know what they are saying by now changing into prayers <laughs> and many nigerians are upset by the optics of this you know the optics of senators getting some nicer lats for the holidays at a time when many nigerians are struggling um is i don't know even if this is like so for instance when i go on leave on nigeria info um i'm still pay, paid a salary they don't stop paying my salary but again my leave 15 days you know the senators are on recess until september uh 26th i believe you know um you know so like when i'm on leave the the days i'm i'm not working i'm still paid for those days anyway so in a way this is that somehow you know sort of but uh, you know the way it was said by the senate president it lends credence to the optics of it being a moral at this time when you know you have a lot of nigerians struggling to make ends meet I, I don't know what you think about the arguments that some people have made this argument i just laid before you that's the argument i've i've, I've heard at least the supporters of the government the supporters of the senate president make what are your thoughts on that yeah, Sandra, it's still it's still a similar thing. Um, I want to dial back a bit to the issue of uh, palliatives and electricity tariff. It when it will lay foundation for what I want to say how to answer that question, which is um, a lawmaker raised an issue that electricity tariff. In fact, it didn't even start in the Senate; it started in the House of Reps. Right. When you and I discussed this, Sandra, if you still remember when Honorable Chinda, the minority leader, on that day that they approved the. Um, 500 billion naira. When he talked about the fact that electricity tariff should not be increased, you still remember, Sandra? I remember. At the Senate version, when it was discussed, and then the senator raised the issue and said, "Oh, electricity tariff should not be uh, a thing that should be on the table now." Nigerians are still grappling with the effects of the removal of subsidy, and then um, he specifically said, "Let's um, let's allow the poor to breathe." Of course, that's something from um, President Tinubu, and then. Akpabio, in um, trying to take that motion, definitely a resolution now. The end point of a motion is a resolution, or actually, except a step down. Mm -hmm. Now, Akpabio um, flowed in that light, and it was it was really un, un, unexpected that anybody would say nay to that kind of motion, and so which is why he flowed and said, um, those in favor of the fact that um, the poor should be allowed to breathe say I. Now, what the Senate did in that sitting was a good thing, but again, it has to do with optics, which showed insensitivity in some way, because as much as what you are doing is noble, the, the, the body language, the, the words that you are using makes mock, mockery of the poor. Right. In the same light, um, like I said, I feel like there was something wrong with him. The optics were not good enough for him to have withdrawn that and say, oh, sorry, uh, I take that back and I, we send prayers. Bad optics. But what is also clear is that we need people to be sensitive. Whether it's about the words that you said, about the poor being, uh, allowing the poor to breathe, whether it is about your allowances, taking it or not taking it, or even announcing it or not, because that's another argument. Mm -hmm. People are saying, what is wrong with it? Is it in the announcement? Because the money had been paid. Mm -hmm. He only said it, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that we need people to be sensitive. It's the same thing we talked about convoy. Mm -hmm. When you are moving a long convoy, you don't make you see new governors now. I'm sure you, you've seen a lot of new mm -hmm. governors. And even 
the some um the some returning team. ones yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you see them uh, going to their social media managers or i don't know who is directing those videos um spotlighting them coming down from a vehicle sometimes it's a benz or a convoy of cars and they're opening doors this is not something for these times we are almost in austerity measures and so the president is preaching sacrifice what people want to see from their elected representatives is sacrifice it's not just to hear he wants to be seen you know that thing they say in the court about justice must not just be done but must be seen to be done that's what applies in this case so in terms of optics i really think that it wasn't good enough and um it's it could have been better but we cannot discuss this sandra without um talking about the personality of senator pabio you know that um even in very serious times we have seen cases where he's trying to infuse a joke you would have seen that a lot during the ministerial screening yes addressed him um anatu musawa the uh, spoken word poet who was confirmed as minister when he said what we want from you is a summary of of your profile and anything Nigerians need to know not reading the address to UN. <laughs> I mean that was try it was joking mm-hmm. but I think that people are not really having that kind of thing at this time. Mm. It's a live session it's there are rare times Nigerians have taken more interest in politics since the last election or yeah. the build up to the last election mm-hmm. and they are not even more focused on the legislature which is not a common thing. Yes. Then many people are just getting to see how a plenary works. I had, I read somebody on Twitter say, um, we waste a lot of money. That why do we need to gather this amount of people to say, Mr. Senate President sitting as chair? That's something that people have become used to. They now know know that why is called chair. I'm not sure many people know, but um, Sandra, the point is, we the moral question does not go away. You must be seen to not just be making sacrifices. You must be seen to be to you um you are not it's not supposed to be aired that you are making sacrifices mm-hmm. you must be seen to be making such sacrifices and it reflects in everything and for our dear president of the senate um no man is flawless but i think that the jokes needs to be toned down Okay, the jokes need to be toned down. Now, let's get back to the confirmations. We now have 45 confirmed nominees. Like I said at the start, uh, three of the 48 were not confirmed for security reasons. What does that mean, Temidayo? Give us the context there. Okay, um, I think that three things to know about things like this. One of it is the, uh, the first part is that the ministerial screen does not start with the um, it doesn't start with the National Assembly. Hmm. Um, let's even stretch it a bit further. Not just ministerial screening. Screening and confirmation of president's appointees mm-hmm. is a constitutional duty. It doesn't start with the National Assembly. It actually starts with the security agencies. Right. And by security agencies, we are largely referring to the Department of State Security, DSS. Right. One people call SSS. Right. Now, um, when the when you you have succeeded in crossing that screening, only then is your name forwarded to the National Assembly for screening. But this process is not open to the public. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And then 
some people have said, even um, between you and I, Sandra, we discussed on this show here um, when we're talking about the timeline, mm-hmm. when we're still waiting the ministerial list, mm-hmm. that maybe that was the reason for the delay because the names look like people that it was easy to, to assemble right. from, from the first week. Right. So um, it also uh, gives some form of credence to the breaking into batches. So security agencies are probably saying, Oh, we can't be hasty about this, uh, Mr. President. This is natural national security. Mm-hmm. Give us some more time on this. Let these ones go first. Mm-hmm. So, in the long run, you have a case where this the president did not also submit the names on time, mm-hmm. and so the Senate were in a hurry to um to pass the sorry to confirm whoever was sent to them. Mm-hmm. And Sandra, you know that regardless of what we say about the Senate, we saw them sit on Saturday. Yeah. That's the first time that's happened in a long time. Okay, well, because they wanted to go on break, but okay. Yeah, they sat <laughs> on the under administration, mm. um, under Tambua, because of the first subsidy thing, if you still remember back yes, then. Yes. So this was on Saturday. In fact, turning your, tuning in to, to watch TV on Saturday evening, even up as late as 8.30 or so, mm. uh, you are seeing senators, mm-hmm. and then the same thing happened on Monday. They were there at they took a break at eight o'clock mm-hmm. to come back at 8 30 p.m. That does show that they were in haste. Their, their recess time was already they were already eating into their recess time. Mm-hmm. And there is a the recess is something that is legislated. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in their rule book, the mm-hmm. timeline, mm-hmm. and everything. So there's no way they can now extend um the recess, it's an annual process, mm-hmm. it must happen at this time every year. Mm-hmm. So I think that you could now see that there was that um, east forward the remaining names, everything, lets it be done. And then there's the other side of it, the market, investors. The longer you stay without a cabinet, the longer um, you are, people are losing confidence in, in, in government because they are not sure what policies will be, what direction is the president going to be headed. Some people have even argued, Sandra, that the Niger thing that the president perhaps uh, did not think it through because he doesn't have a minister of foreign affairs yet. There's no cabinet where these things would have been debated. Mm-hmm. While the president is not, we're not saying that the president is um, an invalid that cannot take decisions, mm-hmm. but it, you know, when you subject something to um, to more input, you are likely going to have the best decision, especially where the people there are, like they say, two good heads are better than one. And so um, for me, dialing back, I think that what has happened is a case where they forwarded the names and these people, the the security agencies are not um, home and dry. They are not at home with the fact that these people should go ahead to be uh, appointed as minister. And then when we look at each of them very quickly, I'm not sure what um, what to say about Stella Okotete, who is uh, from Delta, as it relates to security screening. But she has issues with certificates that... Even when she was an um, executive director at Nexim Bank, um, Export and um, Import Bank, these issues came up. In fact, I think she was even taken to court uh, about her appointment at the time. So I don't know the connection between the certificate and security, but maybe that's the large word to describe it because nobody has this information. I'm not really sure the senators have, it's just Senator Akpabio who has the information. The second um, person I want to look at is Sani Abubakar uh, Danladi, who is um, uh, from Taraba State. This son, who is a former deputy governor, was impeached. He went to court. He got his mandate back. Uh, by the time he got back, 
his governor was um uh was indisposed because of a plane crash at that time and then he was made acting governor and then the tenure ended with him being acting governor he ran for senate um he contested the senate and then after two years the court threw him out and the court threw him out on the ground that his certificate uh was alleged to have been forged that he used the wrong um certificate or, or something around that and then there is the debate that he was barred from holding office for 10 years holding any office for 10 years and yeah. so where he is he's being nominated for a ministerial position so um these things are not very clear it's different from the person who didn't have um, more than two credits i mean that one is it's not a big deal because i mean it's not a big deal um uh, in terms of the fact that in nigeria you just need to be educated up to school school set level you don't even need to produce a yx certificate mm -hmm. just evidence that you were educated perhaps maybe bring pictures of your classmate or something <laughs> but the point is that's the issue with that um taraban nominee and therefore rfi we know that there was a petition that was going to be read against um a petition indicting him mm -hmm. uh, in quotes allegedly indicting him of being a um having issues with um coercion and while he was governor um that and then his views about issues we know very well i mean for for someone like me um we've had to say this over that uh, governor Rufai is a brilliant administrator one of the best who can get the country but in terms of being a politician is very controversial and his views on certain issues you wonder like <laughs> if you are leading i mean these views there are things that needs to be um, tempered down. So what's the point? I think it has to do with um, some of his views on issues and then the petitions that were submitted against him. When you add all of this together, I think this is what is being touted uh, as um, security screening. But uh, we wait to see what really is going to happen after now. We wait to see what's really going to happen after now. All right. If you just tuned in, Lagos, I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. This is Eyes and Nays. We bring this to you every Thursday now. It used to be Fridays at 5, but now it's Thursdays at 5. And what we do with this segment is go to the legislative arm of government. Put a spotlight on them because... Uh, I mean, just like uh, Temidayo, our guest, said while he was speaking, Nigerians don't really pay attention to the legislative arm of government, but we have been paying a lot of attention to the legislative arm of government this election season, before the election, post the election. We're now very attentive. Uh, and so it makes sense to have a segment where we talk to you about what exactly you should be looking out for, what exactly is a red line that has been matched, why it's a red line, so that when they come out with, uh, you know, state here and there you understand what exactly they're saying with those things that they focus on now there was some drama uh, tell me that, uh, there was some drama and we're not going to have time to get into this so i'm just going to yeah, ask you the question so you can think about it while we go off on a break there was some drama in the red chamber um with um the senators forcing two nominees to apologize to them uh bosunti jani and festus keamo 
So we'll talk about Bosun Tijani's matter first. Um, they were accusing him of making unpatriotic statements on Twitter because he complained about the value of the Nigerian passport. Um, he also called people in government morons. Uh, and when that happened, when that happened, when uh, the Senate were, you know, trying to get him to apologize, a lot of Nigerians were upset with the Senate. Because uh, remember, we've been talking about how they were not scrutinizing other nominees, right? Uh, you have nominees with sketchy credentials you have nominees with human rights petitions but now because a nominee insulted them before on twitter they got bold that's what nigerians on social media were saying at the time is there merit to that criticism something for you to think about we'll go for a break when we come back from this break temidai tower Siddiq will talk to us about what he thinks about that lagos i also want to get your thoughts on that so we'll have that conversation on the other side of this break i am sandra ezekwesli you're listening to hard facts on 99.3 nigeria England. i'm sandra ezekwesli you're listening to eyes and nays on hard facts this is nigeria info 99.3 and temidai tower Siddiq is an expert uh, when it comes to legislative affairs and today he's talking to us about the Senate screening of ministerial nominees. Did they do their job? Before the break I mentioned the drama in the Red Chamber with the Senators forcing two nominees to apologize to them. The first one uh, Bosunti Jani, the second one Festus Kayamo. I told you Lagos that uh, they were accusing Bosunti Jani of uh, making unpatriotic statements on Twitter because he complained about the value of the Nigerian passport. He also called people in government morons. Uh, when that happened, when they were dragging him on the floor of the Red Chamber, lots of Nigerians were very upset because, uh, I mean, Tamida and I, you and I, Lagos, uh, all three of us, we've been talking about how they were not scrutinizing other nominees. You have nominees who had sketchy credentials you had nominees who had human rights petitions but here you have a nominee who insulted them before and they now got bold that's what nigerians were saying is there merit to that criticism temidayo um merit of which of the criticisms now the one by nigerians on the senate yes or... the ones by nigerians okay. uh, um, at the senate yes okay for me, I, I think that um, I would rise above the argument and say my own opinion, which is that I think it was right to have asked him those questions. Um, we're in a democracy. People have a right to express their opinions. But um, I think that the question that it was asked is if he still owes that position, if he still owes that view that the Nigerian passport is worthless and all of that. So... Um, this is somebody that is going to serve as the minister of the government of the federation, mm -hmm. right? So um, if if there is reason to believe that he's not patriotic, uh, then I think it's right for the Senate to ask him. And I'm not sure that they held, um, held put a gun to his head and say, oh, if you don't answer, then there will be a problem. So for me, I think that they, they handled it well by saying, do you still hold this position? And of course, you saw that. I know the apology is what is everybody talked about, but you could see that he handled it well, and he was able to explain what was the circumstance at that time, and rightly so. People have a right to feel um, somehow um, to express themselves when they feel uh, somehow 
So for him, this is someone who contributes a lot to Nigeria. And then he had to be deprived of something at that time. And let's also not forget that regardless of whether Boson Tijani is made a minister or not, for those who know about co-creation, this is somebody who for years has made a lot of contribution to the development of Nigeria. So um, for me, I think that there was nothing wrong in asking him to explain if he still holds those positions. And then the one about Morons, um, I mean, you could even find me guilty tomorrow that um, I probably have I've taken a hard line um, stance against some things that happened in the country, not just the legislature in the past, because Nigerian situation defy um, explanation. Sometimes when you see the way um, certain things are done or leaders behave, you are like, oh, well, what we read, what we watch in other climes, this is not the standard. But I think that Morons was really, really high. Um, that was a, um, a very high language. And um, the fact that he had to appear before the institution, I don't think that there was anything wrong in also asking him. And I think he, I want to repeat that he handled it well by apologizing. There's no way he could have gotten out of that. I don't see the the best way to explain you calling uh, them morons. I mean, they, you could have said they are unpatriotic. There are many other things that could have been said. So, um I think that both sides, both parties handled it well. Mm, both parties handled this. He handled it well. Now with Kayamo, the senator said that um, in his past stint as minister, he broke the law. He refused to honor summons uh, from the National Assembly, and so they didn't confirm him until he apologized. Uh, but these things they accused him of were crimes against the country and crimes against the country's citizens. Should the Senate have treated these as? Um, just insults to the National Assembly and let him get away with an apology or should they have taken a harder line? Uh, for me, I, I'm not sure it could have gotten harder than that um, because when you look at the issues, let's x-ray the issue. Uh, he was in charge of a program called the Special Public works program mm -hmm. um, as minister of state for labor and employment mm -hmm. and that program if i'm not even mistaken is a world bank uh, funded them um, initiative and this happened in 2020 and so the lawmakers brought him forward to um not just him the national directorate of employment under um, the ministry of is uh, that's an agency mm -hmm. under the ministry of labor and employment right and they brought him along with the dg i said um can you explain to us how you arrived at the 1,000 persons per local government and other sundry issues around it, which is the right of parliament, oversight over the executive. And then he, he did, DGND at that time said there was a committee that was set up, but the committee was supposed to be an eight-man committee. But um, they're asking if it's an eight-man committee, how did he get to a 20-man committee? And then he says he doesn't know. They should ask the minister who is sitting beside him. And then Kayamo was asked. And the argument between Kayamo and parliament at the time was that um, it's my bid to do this. This is under my supervision. I have a right to do this. And then the parliament says, no, we can ask you questions. And then Kayamo's point of view is that I report as minister to the president. No other person has the right to question me on this, which I think is very wrong because if you understand the nature of 
uh, presidential system, you would realize that the legislature has the right to ask you questions. But it appears that like Kayama already went there with a uh, with some form of prejudice that, mm. or, or perhaps even has facts that the lawmakers were requesting for their own slots. Because what you saw was that at a later meeting, Kayamo accused the lawmakers. He says he's not the kind of person you can bully around. He will not be blackmailed. That um, it's only the average Nigerian that will get those jobs. So this was the argument at that time. It was just important to bring Lagos back to what happened. And then in the long run, he hit the table. I remember during that screening and then he walked out. And he never returned back to Parliament, no matter how many times they were summoned mm-hmm. and they summoned him. So I don't think he committed a crime by not coming back to Parliament. What um, happened? It is that the um, the 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 Senate, or it was a joint committee, the National Assembly should have issued a warrant of arrest, as the law provides at that time, and say, since we have summoned you, you did not come. Nigerian police arrest this person so that he, he can act, um, account for um, so so amount of money, 52 billion, we are told. Hmm. So since the National Assembly did not do its own bid, I don't think that you can call it a crime um, at that time for him to have done that. Hmm. But one thing we must not take away, Sandra, is that this also reflects what the legislative-executive relationship under Buhari was like. Mm-hmm. Right, the military, uh, ex-military general who was president, and you know what I talked about, father of the nation every time on this show, mm-hmm. he has no place in democracy to call somebody father of the nation. So there was this uh, way that people approached it, almost that the president could do no wrong. The president would do um, and undo. You, he would um, spend money without National Assembly approval through the ways and means. And then the National Assembly under, in the Ninth Assembly, will just um, treat it with kid gloves and then they allow anything to go. They had to literally threaten arrest on many ministers and uh, heads of MDAs who refused to appear. And that's because the president at the time, his body language showed clearly that this thing, if you like, you attend, if you like, you don't. And that reflected in the relationship between the executive and the legislature. Now, bringing it back to the confirmation, he mm. really was proud of the lawmakers that they were able to hold him. In fact, I felt like I was watching a um, an English parliament, a UK parliament rather. Mm-hmm. I mean, quality of, of arguments, reading the constitution and saying that we need to step this person's um, nomination down. And you could see that even though that the quality of argument was strong, Sandra. Mm-hmm. APC would have gotten their way. I mean, the majority lawmakers would have probably read one order in the Constitution, in the Senate rule book, like it has been done in the past, to to um, wish that thing away. Even Senator Akpabi, you could see that it was the argument held him spellbound. He could not say anything because the way you handle that issue would determine how much parliament will be respected. And for me, I was proud of the National Assembly, in that instance, mm-hmm. how they undoed the matter. And then for the issue of whether I committed a crime, I already said, except you probably issued a, a warrant of arrest on him, mm-hmm. and it didn't, um, it, it, it defied arrest, and that's the issue of a crime. But in this case, it was supposed to answer before Parliament. You didn't follow up. I think that National Assembly didn't follow up uh, with what they were supposed to do, and that's largely because of how they perceived the president at the time almost like 
anything the president wants, let's do it. Hmm. So those are my thoughts on that thing. But it was beautiful to see. I think it was democracy in action. A lot of people now know how powerful the parliament is. Sandra, especially for the fact that I think it was that day or on Saturday where the Senate um, talked about the Niger coup and Many Nigerians now know for the first time that Nigeria cannot go to war without Senate's approval. Right. So I, the, the beauty of all of those things showed that this is how democracy is really supposed to, supposed mm. to work. I'm for, I'm for institutional, uh, strong institutions, not strong men. And that was an opportunity to prove it, regardless of whatever side anyone belongs to, whether Kayamo or um, the other side and we must say kudos because we we we, we really uh, we had issues we had concerns about what the opposition lawmakers were doing all through the screening mm. but it would appear that somehow they listened to us sandra and they <laughs> rose up to the occasion you could see that the quality of questions improved afterwards and mm-hmm. they spent more time grilling and some other person except for those who just came to do vote of thanks. <laughs> Terminator Tawasidik is a senior uh, program executive at Order Paper. Terminator, thank you so much for joining us on Eyes and Nays as usual. Thank you, Lagos. Thank you, Sandra. All right, Lagos, that's all the time we have.